This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, June 7th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farmers near the end of planting. House Ag members are facing primary challenges, and Southeast WOTUS Roundtable is set for today. Making up ground. Farmers near planting end. Farmers in North Dakota and Minnesota have made a lot of progress over the past week in getting their crops wheat and corn to the ground. As of Sunday, 94% of the expected U.S. corn crop had been planted, including 81% in North Dakota, 93% in Minnesota. That's according to the USDA's weekly crop progress report. Farmers in both states got off to a late start in planting this spring due to the wet conditions. A week ago, only 56% of North Dakota corn, 59% of its spring wheat had been seeded. As of Sunday, 97% of the spring wheat crop had been planted nationwide, including 74% of the North Dakota crop. Now, keep in mind, much of the winter wheat crop in key plain states remains in tough shape. Some 82% of the Texas crop, 55% of Colorado, 49% of the Oklahoma crop, and 41% of the Kansas crop are rated in either poor to very poor condition. House Ag members are facing primary challenges. Several members of the House Ag Committee trying to stave off challengers as seven states hold primaries. One of the most noteworthy cases, California Representative David Valadeo is running against two GOP challengers, including Chris Mathis, an Army veteran and ranch owner. He's attacking Valadeo for voting to impeach Donald Trump in January 21. The district leans Democratic, so Valadeo loss would make it even more difficult for the GOP to hold the seat. In South Dakota, GOP Representative Dusty Johnson running against Taffy Howard, a state legislature who's going after the two-term incumbent uh, for voting to certify the 2020 presidential election results. And by the way, former Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke is running of the GOP primary for Montana's first district seat. The state is gaining a House seat, and incumbent Representative Matt Rosendale is running in the new, more agricultural second district. APHIS to evaluate impacts of HIPATH program. The Animal Plant Health Inspection Service will have to re-examine the way birds are euthanized after contracting HIPATH avian influenza under a settlement with three animal protection groups. The Humane Society of the United States, Farm Sanctuary, and Mercy for Animals had sued the agency in 2020 claiming APHIS had not adequately analyzed the environmental impacts of killing or burying millions of birds. The groups are hoping APHIS will take seriously a suggestion they made in 2015 to condition indemnification for poultry growers on reduction in stocking density and shifting to cage-free low stocking density production. An environmental impact statement must be uh, completed within about two and a half years, that according to the settlement between the groups and APHIS. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak 
after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Indo-Pacific PAC countries only need to sign up for one priority. Fiji is the latest country to sign up for the Biden administration's proposed Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, and the Sandy Archipelago nation will now have to begin deciding which of the four pillars of the pact that it wants to participate in. Just like the other 12 nations that have signed up, Fiji will be able to be an IPEF member even if it only wants to participate in one pillar, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai said yesterday. The four pillars are trade, decarbonization, supply chain, and anti-corruption. Tai speaking on a webinar hosted by the Washington International Trade Association said she hopes that all of the IPEF preparatory work will be done by the end of the summer and separate negotiations on the pillars can begin. USTR, IPEF still won't have a tariff reduction deal at this time. There's been a lot of consternation in the ag sector about the Biden administration's decision to not include tariff reduction negotiations as a part of the IPEF. Uh, Ty was questioned about that during the webinar yesterday. Why, Ty was asked, did the office of the USTR include the phrase at this time when specifying that tariff-cutting market access deals would not be considered in IPEF? Did that mean they could be included later? In her response, Ty used the phrase again to answer, I think it is just a fact that we do not have tariff cuts on the table at this time. Southeast WOTUS Roundtable is set for today. Another Waters of the U.S. Regional Roundtable is slated for today. This one focused on the issues in the Southeast. Organized by Canaba Brewing in Alabama, the fifth of the ten roundtables will feature robust repression from environmental groups, including the Tennessee Wildlife Federation, Chesapeake Bay Foundation, and the Southeast Environmental Law Center. Bramble Hollow Farm, a pastured poultry and pork operation in Virginia's Blue Ridge, said uh, will also be represented on the panel. It can be viewed starting at 10 o'clock Eastern Time this morning. USDA offering WIC waivers. The department has already approved over 250 state WIC waiver requests that after Abbott recalled powdered baby formula produced in its Sturgis, Michigan plant. The agency plans to waive more using authority recently granted to it through the Access to Baby Formula Act, which overwhelmingly passed the Senate on May 19th. It was signed by President Biden two days later. I do take note Abbott restarted formula production at its Sturgis facility last Friday, but FDA Commissioner Robert Califf has warned that it could take at least two months to replenish supplies of infant formula. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, June 7th. 
Brought to you by Washington Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.